Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. What we want to discuss right now is, you know where the Prophet ﷺ said, فَذْفَرْ بِذَاتِ الدِّينِ Be successful with the one of the deen. So what exactly does deen mean here? This is, there's a lot of confusion in here. Here, deen doesn't just mean that you see somebody like a man who's praying and he seems to be looking Muslim as such. He is attaching himself to Muslim activities. That is of course deen, that's part of the deen, right? But that is not all. Likewise, you see a sister, mashallah, she's hijab, she's uh, praying and so on. She's getting involved in good things. What the deen also means, because remember the deen is mentioned here in the context of marriage. So what is the deen in the context of marriage? See what I'm saying? What does deen mean? Fizzawaj, in marriage. Salat is alhamdulillah, you know. Salat is good, but there's hadith that explain it. For example, for the woman, it says, if, she, if you look at her, she, uh, if, uh, you know, she, she pleases you. And, and several other things like that. So what you need to look for is how much are they willing to fulfill the recommendations in the sunnah of how to interact with the husband, with the wife. And one of the biggest things is akhlaq and character, which is religious. Because the Prophet ﷺ actually said that the best of you is the one best in character and I am the best to my wives. So character is linked to relationship. And you know everything we said earlier about moderating your anger, your sensitivity, irritability, uh, disputation, argumentation, generosity, uh, talking about being miserly and stingy and withholding. All of that is akhlaq. So this is what that refers to. This is a big part of Fadfar Bidati Deen. Make sure you get the one with the right character, the right religious character. Not just salat, not just the way they dress. All of that plays a role in there. Having said that, there are some people they fall into a bit of an issue where they see really good character, for example, good behavior, but the person is not praying or they're not covering. And they get married saying, oh, they'll cover, don't worry, they're very good people, they will cover. And then they don't cover or they don't pray. That's another mistake people make. If you want to get something, unless you're desperate and you, got, you have to just find anybody, then you want to try to find the person that meets those major ideals that you have. Uh, don't get so driven on another point which is less significant. Because the Prophet said, make sure you're satisfied with the deen. So you think, no, 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 uh, he or she is really good in everything else, and inshallah they'll start praying as well. Inshallah they'll start covering. So keep, keep that in mind, that that's not always going to happen. You'd rather get somebody who, especially difficult things, especially difficult things, you want to make sure you get the right thing from the beginning. If it's small changes, that's understandable. The other thing then is, what about, uh, you know, because we're living in the, in the West, in very multicultural societies, various ideologies as well. What about getting into a multi, uh, into a, you can say, a cross-madhab relationship? Do you, think, do you think there's any problem with that? Generally, there shouldn't be. You get a Maliki marrying a Hanafi, Shafi marrying a Maliki. As long as you can decide, okay, how do you want to bring up the kids, the children? Do you want to bring them up like a hybrid, half Maliki, half Shafi'i? Or, I mean, you generally want to focus on one or the other. 
the problem is that if you're going to get married with people who have a, a, a superiority complex or who consider everybody else to be wrong, then, then that's difficult. Alhamdulillah, within the madhahib, you know, there's, there's not much of that problem. They respect one another in that sense. Right? So you've got a Moroccan sister or brother, you know, Maliki, getting married to somebody from Syria who's Hanafi or Shafi. There's no problem as long as you can agree on certain things. It's not an issue. It's not a big deal. But if you've got somebody who's maybe from an ideological perspective, I dealt with somebody, actually it was in Sweden, but it was in another city. And the poor woman is telling me that he finally called me kafir and then, and then basically divorced me. He did takfir of me. You don't want to get married to a takfiri because if you get in the wrong, you're in trouble. It's all about compatibility, isn't it? It's just another factor in compatibility. You know the hadith, have you read the hadith where the Prophet ﷺ said, when a person marries, this is a hadith related by Anas anhu in Bayhaqi, Bayhaqi is really from in his Sha'abul Iman. The Prophet ﷺ said, when a person marries, half of his religion has been completed. And he should now be mindful of Allah regarding the other half. How is marriage half of faith? Half of faith? All of faith? Marriage is half of it? How do you get half of faith to, you know, half of faith is covered in marriage? These are perspectives. This is a way of looking at it. Our deen relies on protection of primarily two things. If somebody, as the Prophet ﷺ said, if somebody can guarantee for me that which is between the jaws, the tongue, and that which is between the legs, I guarantee for them paradise. So when you get married, the, a halal outlet to give you fulfillment of your sexual urges is found. So that protects half the, that's half the protection. Now you just have to worry about your tongue. But the tongue is actually uh, much more of a, a trouble sometimes. Because as Imam Ghazali says, it's that Sagirun hajmuhu is kabirun jurmuhu. Right? Or Sagirun jirmuhu kabirun jurmuhu, he can say. Uh, it, it, there's no effort in the tongue. And that, of course, uh, can, so, so basically the idea is, as many of the ulama say, that the Prophet ﷺ exaggerated the idea of marriage because really it gives sukoon. Human beings have this idea. Now you have to remember about marriage. You know when you get married, you know what you're doing. Tell me, where did marriage begin in Jannah? The first marriage, the first married couple was in Jannah. And where is marriage going to end? In Jannah. MashaAllah, you guys are fast. And that's basically the beginning and end of my book. The last chapter in the book is husband and wife in paradise. Because Adam and Hawa, they started in paradise, then they came out. And what you want is you want to uh, the, the, to, the people you're going to be with, the person you're going to be with. If you're a man, the person you're going to be with. If you're a woman, the person you're going to be with is going to be your spouse in paradise. Yes, you can visit your parents, you can visit your children, you can visit your aunties, you can visit somebody else, whoever you want. But in terms of who you're going to share your paradise with, because your father is going to have his paradise with your mother, with his wife or wives or whatever. Likewise, your mother is going to be with her husband. You're going to be with your spouse. If you look at all of the depictions and details of paradise in the Quran and in the Sunnah, when it talks about who you're going to be with, it's going to be with your spouse. In fact, in other words, what is paradise without a spouse? 
What are you going to do in paradise without a spouse? In fact, I don't think there's anybody in paradise without a spouse. Even if you've not been married in this world, you'll get married to somebody else. You'll get married to somebody who was not married. Every man will have a spouse of the world, and then beyond that will be hurul'in. Right? That's the difference. That depends on what a'mal you've done, what good deeds you've done or not, or whatever the case is. But spouse, paradise is with a spouse. Azwajihim, 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 as Allah says in the Quran. Now you do get questions that I hate my husband. I don't want to be in paradise. Right? I've had that case, like, you know, when they hear about this, that spouses are going to be together in paradise, like, I can't bear the thought. So what is the answer to that? I'm still struggling with that. I haven't found something clear-cut. But I think it's quite simple in the sense that Paradise does have this special machinery outside. The extractor fans. They, they call extracting <coughs> machines. For hasad, jealousy, hatred, all that stuff. You cannot enter Paradise with hatred or jealousy. You will not have a problem in Paradise. So if you are going to be with that spouse, you'll, be, you'll finally have the life you're looking for. And you know, once you've enjoyed it, then all the past becomes history, isn't it? Once, let's just say you've had a bad relationship with somebody, and then it became very good. Do you care about the past anymore? Generally, no, unless you're crazy. Right? You, don't, you don't care about the past anymore. It's now the now, right? That's what we're worried about. Uh, one of the wives of the Prophet asked the Prophet if a woman has had many husbands in her, in her life, in the sense that one died, got married again. Because remember, in those days, mashallah, there was a free flow. Right? So... Um, said she will have the one with the best character. She gets to choose the one with the best character. Can you see how important best character is? So that's why I said the preparation for marriage is about preparing your character. Really. And if you're already in marriage and you'd see the problems, you, you know, you will probably tell me that I agree with you that it's about character. But it's never too late. Character can always be changed. Character can be improved. How do you improve character? Well, firstly, we need to recognize we have a flaw. Problem is that if you've got certain character traits like ego, uh, 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 narcissism, ost- uh, 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 arrogance, for that person, everybody else is always wrong. They're always right. Now, we have to really start thinking that maybe I am right, but not fully right. Start like that. And read books like by Imam Ghazali and others. Uh, we got one, The Path to Perfection. What that does is, these books, they give you, okay, this is jealousy, define it, and they give you the cure. Uh, This is anger, they define anger, and these are the problems. And this is the way to deal with it. Jealousy, and so on and so forth. Akhlaq, character. One of the destructive factors of marriage is suspicion. Generally, it starts off early. What that means is, let's just say the husband and wife have been married and they, things are going well. They suddenly, one or the both, they start becoming over-possessive. They start becoming too possessive over the other. To a level of being controlling. And that gets then suffocating. One is that you feel cared for. There's a limit to that, that somebody really looks after me, they're always looking out for me. There's a comfortable level. When you go beyond that, it becomes suffocating. You have to remember 
that while at the same time, look, another challenge is that if you have been really close to your friends before marriage, used to just have a routine every day, you finish work and you have to go out with them, or your closest friend is football, soccer, whatever, or YouTube, and that's what you do. You come home and that's what you do, three hours on YouTube, four hours on YouTube, not necessarily learning something, but just, mashallah, you know, one after the other, or Netflix, one after the other. You're going to have to realize that after marriage, you can't do that like that. If you're really close to your family, like some, some women, they're very close to their family, they tell them everything. To their sisters, to their mother, or maybe to their friend. The biggest mistake you will make is that you start every small issue, you start telling them. So you've you got another soap opera going on, another drama. People have enough dramas out there on Netflix and other places. You don't need to create another one. When you have small issues with your husband or your wife, you don't tell anybody else. Deal with it. Learn to be confidently dealing with it. Yes, if you do get helpless and you have no other means and it's getting unbearable, then, then after that you don't stay and then you ask for help from the most decent person. But it's actually detrimental for wives to start saying every small thing about their married life to their mother. Do you understand? Yes, if the mother is very wise, she will say, look, don't tell me. You deal with it. Otherwise, the mother, she's got her own relationship that she does. Her relationship with her husband, your father, and your relationship with your husband is totally different, the dynamic. You're, he's a different man. Your father was a different man. Dynamics different. She will probably tell you based on her understanding. And that might not work in your situation. She, you cannot let your mother re, uh, remote control your marriage. That's why there's one woman who all the time she used to go to her mother. One day her mother told her, look, from now on, I don't want you to tell me all of this. I want you to deal with it. I don't know your husband the way you know him. You know, your intimacy, your understanding, your person, your, your understanding of spirit is much more than I do. So I'm seeing it's not helpful for me to tell you from now on, you're not going to tell me you're going to deal with it. And then the daughter later says that that was the best thing that happened to me. That when my mother told me that I need to deal with it, I started think of, thinking of the strategies to deal with it. Otherwise, you're like just doing whatever, like a puppet. And it's a different dynamic. Yes, if your mother knew this man somehow, everything about them, and then she's telling you, okay, do this, it's understandable, but they don't. And even then, let you deal with it. Another thing is, if you cannot say sorry, in your marriage, you're in big trouble. Because we all make up a small mistake here and there. Sorry, man. Please forgive me. Here's some flowers. Why did you bring the flowers? I felt really bad yesterday. I spoke like that to you. Or I didn't appreciate the food. Or I didn't appreciate this or that. That's... Apology is very... I, one marriage in front of me, of somebody I know very closely, broke up because one of the parents could not... Say sorry. Even when we're trying to counsel them, that one partner, I spoke to other people. And that particular partner was willing to listen until they started saying, okay, you're, I think you're also to blame. Then it's like, okay, you're on his side. That's a psychological complex sometimes. So if you think, I mean, it's like, if I tell you, if you think you're like that, you should get help 
but you're never going to think like that. You're never going to think you need help. Can you see it's a really difficult situation to be in? But saying sorry, apologies. So here this is where I will say if you're married, you need to develop a love bank. You can start an account anywhere. Right? There's lots of ways of starting an account. Right? Which site do you go to for a love bank account? Anybody know? Any good suggestions? Love bank is it's just between it's just a, it, it just you, it's just between you and your wife. That's it. You you and your spouse. What it is is that every little good thing you do, a praise, appreciation, a gift, anything else good you do, you're, what you're doing is you're depositing into the love bank. You know, for example, if we're friends, right? And I've helped you out in the past. You've helped me out. When my car broke down, you came all the way to help me, right? When I was going through a rough time, mashallah, you know, you stayed up at night and you helped me. And all, all the rest of it. I needed money, you helped me, right? So, now we had a little issue. What comes to your mind when you have a little issue? Shaitan comes like, he hates you, right? You don't want to be with him anymore. But then, what does yourself tell you? No, but look, look at how good he was. Look what the good thing he did before. You see what I'm saying? That's the love bank. Whenever you have an issue, you need a love bank. And you need a good balance in your love bank. So whenever an issue happens, you withdraw from the love bank. Now, if you have too many problems and your love bank balance is not, it's very small, then you're going to deplete and go in overdraft. Then you can see this is getting into critical. So the way to create the love bank... And the deposits in there is slowly, slowly, frequently. If somebody says, you know what, today I'm going to go to my wife and I'm going to buy her the best flowers I can buy, most expensive, I'm going to spend $100 on, uh, uh, on flowers and I'm going to buy these boxes of chocolates and, and then I'm not going to do anything for two months. That's like saying that on Sunday, I can't do it every day, but on Sunday I'm going to brush my teeth for two hours. Or one hour and I don't have to do it every day then. Is that useful? <laughs> Two minutes every day, morning and evening, is more healthier than one hour. You're going to kill your teeth if you do that. You're going to suffocate. So that's the love bank. In the, the Arabic staying, saying is, Al-insanu abdul ihsan. The human is a slave to favors. Anybody who's done a favor for you, you generally become like, because that's human. That, uh, why does bribery work? Why, how, do you buy, how do they buy people? Because you show them you're going to do something good for them. So then they give you everything they want. This is our human weakness. So that's why I'm saying that increase your ihsan with your, with your spouse. Increase your ihsan with your spouse. Now, you have to remember, men like certain things and women like certain things. The way women give love is in a motherly way, an affectionate motherly way. That's kind of their way of giving love. A man's way of giving love is sexual, right? That's what they're more interested in. Um, if you're having problems in your marriage, you have to really think about what is the problem. The easiest thing to do is to blame the, ne the next person. That's the easiest thing to do, but that's not helpful. If we don't look into ourselves as, am I doing everything proper? 
clearly the other person may be making a mistake as well. But if you just focus on that, then you don't get anywhere. So many times we have an issue. What, and uh, even if I think that my wife may have done, uh, may, may, should apologize. Sometimes I just feel that this, these are the hadiths that let me, th this is the hadith that drive me. Now, if you don't know these hadiths, now tell me, when I mention the hadith, tell me if you knew this hadith or not. Because if you don't know, you've got nothing to do it for. And this is the beauty of learning more sunnah. One hadith says, the Prophet ﷺ said, and I hope I'm correct because uh, I don't have it in front of me. But if you, are, if you avoid a dispute, let's say you're in an argument, but you avoid the dispute and you are on the wrong. You know, you, you were wrong, but you like disputing. And you give up thinking, I, I shouldn't do this. It's a bit of a strange situation. You'll get a house in the outskirts of paradise. Right? And if you are right, you are right, but you still give up dispute because it's harmful, sunnah not to, you get a place for your in jannah, in the middle of jannah. Now? And a za'imun bi, yes. A za'imun, yes. That's one hadith that drives me. Right? That I'm going to get that if I do this. You have to have an incentive, don't you? Otherwise, you're just like, no, I'm selfish. Let her say it, you know. The other hadith that drives me is Al Badi'u Bissalami Bari'um Min Al Kibr. The one, you know, when you stop talking to somebody, then the person who speaks first is going to be the one who has to, what they call, bite the bullet, right? Because the other one says, no, I want him to say it first, I want her to say it first. I want her to, because when you say assalamu alaikum, it's like you're apologizing almost, right? So the hadith that drives me there is that the Prophet said, whoever starts the salam, they're free of arrogance. They're free of pride. So that's why I feel like I'll, I'll get rewarded for this. Because everybody needs an incentive. Now, how many of you knew this hadith in this context? Some of you knew the hadith, but did you, knew, did you know to apply it in this context? No, right? How many of you now think that's a good idea? Oh, just about five, six of you. None of you. Okay. So this is how the sunnah is helpful. If you focus on it, very helpful because this is life. You're going to have issues, so this is life. What I was saying about marriage that I moved on from, you know how big of an issue marriage is or how significant marriage is? Marriage, when you get married to somebody, you're getting married and you're producing children. And that child of yours is going to get married and have other children. All of that comes from you. Of course, it carries on above, but you are the next person in the chain. Think about that. One of my friends told me, he's a, he's a very influential, high up person. Once he said something to me, I was like, wow, you're so right. He says... If you look at husband and wife, in this case, mashallah, Allah has placed women in certain very influential positions. It's just right now, uh, feminism doesn't allow you to celebrate those ideas. They, they're looking for something else. So it's, a, it's based on our social realities. We're in a bit of a challenging position. But what he said is that if you, have, if you get married, well, no, he didn't say that. He said, if you have a mother who's righteous, she will give you a head start of approximately 15 years in the deen. What do you mean by that? More than the father. 
This is where the mother gets more, more rewards. If I teach, I'm teaching you, inshallah, I'm teaching you a few things today. And my, whole op, uh, my whole reason for writing the book and for doing this course is because there's just too much problem. And marriage is what creates communities. Community is what contributes to society. The reason where there's so many individuals out there with a lot of rage in their hearts, a lot of them come from single parent homes or broken homes or dysfunctional homes. Allah wants the husband and wife's relationship to be such that it creates a stability. They're supposed to be comforting one another. The, the marital home is called a maskan in Arabic. A bait is a room. A dar in Arabic is a, like an estate. But a maskan is a home. And we, you, uh, whoever understands Arabic, you know what a maskan, right? Maskan is a home. And do you know what the word maskan, it comes from sukun. What is a maskan or a bait or a, a, a dar without sukun? Create a place of sukun. لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا that's exactly what Khadija radiallahu anha provided for the Prophet sallallahu So that she was 40, he was 25. Then in 15 years, when she was 55, he got prophecy. When he became 40. And then 10 years after that, she died. That was the 10th year of Makkah. Three years before migration. Some of the toughest years. She died that year. She was his internal provider. And on that same year, Abu Talib, who was his external supporter, also died. That's why that year is called Amul Huznain, the year of the two griefs. When he came back from his first encounter, you know the story, I don't need to repeat it. When he came back from the first encounter with Jibreel, السلام, she calmed him down, she comforted him, she reassured him, she took him. This is what husbands do and wives do for one another. This is what the muskin is supposed to be. Then in that environment, you bring up children, they're going to be decent children. Otherwise, they're going to have rage because something's missing in their life. In fact, there was an interview I saw with a woman, a grown woman now. She was brought up by two mothers. The modern sense of two mothers, right? Not two mothers and one husband, uh, two wives. and you know, Not like that situation. This is the modern sense of two, two mothers. And she says, look, they were both good people to me. But, I mean, she's saying this. She says, but it can never replace the father figure. At the end of the day, you need a man and a woman. And there are studies that show that fatherless families, the daughters suffer. In fact, biologically, their periods come on faster if they don't have a father figure in Involved in the family. And because they don't have a father figure to show them the, and compliment them and to give them the, uh, the, the fatherly love or whatever, they become more vulnerable afterwards because then anybody, any Tom Dick and who tries to say something good to them, they're in need of a male figure, then they, they be, they're very vulnerable to abuse. You want to create... Can you see what marriage is doing now? It's creating... It's not just you and, you and your spouse, it's your children. Your children make up society. If you have a good marriage, your society is going to be good. You're going to contribute to that. Then, not just that, it's a massive, all the way down, your children, their children don't. The Prophet ﷺ said, I was born with no safah. I was born that all my forefathers never committed zina. 
Subhanallah. Can we say the same thing, inshaAllah? Can, no, will one of our grandchildren be able to say the same thing for us? The mashallah, you know, I'm from a family which was very decent. My grandfather, my grandmother, really decent people. Really good people. There's a, you're, 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 the, 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 when you get married, you're creating a massive wave. It's gonna, and that's why um, on the day of judgment, inshallah, our progeny will be a source of gladness for our eyes. Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa dhurriyatina qurrata a'yun wa ja'alna lilmuttaqina imama. That's why don't consider marriage to be some small issue. If you have, if you're married uh, and you, you don't understand, you need to do everything you can to sort that marriage out. Even if that means you have to make sacrifice for it. So there you go. Barakallahu um, feek. The main thing is that let us make this a turning point for marriages. Uh, in I think it's Malaysia. You're not allowed to get married until you take a marriage course. Right? Uh, anybody from Malaysia here? If they can. Uh, you're not allowed to. And you know, I think that's very good. The masjid should stop doing nikahs. Until late. And when, when, does, when does your marriage season begin? May, 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 June? People like to get married in the summer, right? Yeah, yeah I mean generally. So I think, yeah, so that's May, June, July, right? So I think all the imams or whatever, they should have a marriage course every, twice a year maybe. Like one in end of March and the other one around this time. Because it's just, don't get married. Don't let anybody get married until they've done many course, you know, at least one course on marriage. And at least a few books on marriage. Because you really need to know as much as you can so that you don't run into uh, problems.